While Congress is holding their first UFO conferences in half a century, even more bizarre conspiracies lurk through America's halls of power. A young babysitter is suddenly filled with terror when she senses something evil in the house. And then we meet a young man who has been plagued for 20 years with the reoccurring dream. Is it simply a matter of his neurons firing while he sleeps? and his brain is trying to make sense of the chaos, or is he the victim of an unfulfilled love spell today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day as well. We got a ton of stuff to cover. You guys heard the intro. A ton of stuff to cover. So let's go ahead and get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is two longtime listeners of the show. Give it up for Mina and Murphy. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in, guys. They're doing a little runway strut. Mina and Murphy are actually two of the listeners who came to visit me at the McMinimins UFO Fest in McMinnville, Oregon. It was really, really cool meeting you guys in person. I had a lot of fun. It was really, really awesome. Mina and Murphy, you guys are going to be our captains, our pilots this episode. If you guys can't meet me in person, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, Mina, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the... Dead Rabbit Dirigible, we're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are flying all the way out to Washington, D.C. And we're so high up in the sky, and we're flying over the nation's capital, they scramble F-18s. Is that the plane we're using? They're scrambling F-22s after us. Roger, roger, this is a plane... Flying flying towards you. I don't know the commands. This is my first day on the jump. These jets are flying towards us because they think we are a UFO. What's going on right now? This is something that's been all over the news. Congress is holding, it started on Tuesday, it's holding its first congressional hearing in 50 years, first public congressional hearing in 50 years, about UFOs. And listen, I was at the McMinimins UFO Festival. The place was a buzz about this hearing and just in the conspiracy sphere in general and the UFO sphere. Where I've been researching this stuff all the time, right? This has been popping up a lot. Oh, they're going to be holding these hearings. What is going to be revealed? Nothing is the answer to that. Absolutely nothing. And that's kind of what I expected. I actually haven't really covered this a lot at all. This is old hat for me. I've been involved in the conspiracy theory UFO community for 30 some odd years at this point. I knew nothing was going to come out about any of this stuff. People held out hope, and I get it. You want this information to be revealed. But listen, here's the I think there's a couple different things. I want to cover this briefly because there's a ton of articles about this. But I wanted to cover this just briefly. First off, I don't think we know what they are. I don't I do not out of all the conspiracy theories that might be true I think the least likely is that the I think it's a cool one don't get me wrong I think this is a really cool conspiracy theory we I think we've done episodes on it in the past it's really cool it's super evocative that aliens have made contact with the world governments specifically America or western powers really and we have some sort of alliance with them this is the way this conspiracy theory goes in exchange for technology we allow great aliens to abduct x amount of humans per year 
Really cool, really cool conspiracy theory, as long as you're not one of the people being abducted. But I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that there's any evidence of that whatsoever. I do believe that there are aliens out there. But I don't believe that there is a widespread alliance between Western political powers and aliens. There's just nothing to prove that. I don't believe, as much as I would like to, that aliens and humans have made this agreement. There's, there's all sorts of different variations of this. One is that there are actually human personnel on alien starships exploring the stars. It's a really popular conspiracy theory. And that's a little more lighthearted than the fact that we're trading technology for human beings. I don't, I, 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 there's just nothing to back that up. I think that the sightings that we are seeing, the reason why there is not any disclosure from the U.S. government is because the answer is we don't know what they are. And that's kind of what they've been talking about at the congressional hearing, but they're not saying we don't know what they are and they're alien. They're saying we don't know what they are. They may be the whole weather balloon thing. Now they're even saying just regular Mylar balloons that you can buy at the dollar store floating so high in the sky and out evading our fighter jets. I mean, they come up with some really dumb, dumb excuses, but they're calling this new thing air clutter or sky clutter. They said there's so much stuff in the air that... We literally don't know what it is, but we don't think it's extraterrestrial is kind of the line that we're getting. It was interesting. I was reading over some of the articles about this. I'll put them in the show notes. They were saying that there has been an uptick in sightings. They said that the original military database, the more recent one, was 143 incidents. And that was in a report issued last year. Now they're saying up to 400 incidents. So just in a year... We're having more of these incidents being revealed to us, at least. But they're saying we don't know what it is. And I thought this was interesting. They said that we have received no communication from these vehicles, and we have not attempted to communicate with them either. When we're sending up our fighter jets, they're not like, Roger, Roger, why are you flying like that? Tell us who you are. No, they, they, when the fighter jets encounter these things, they believe that they are unmanned. But so here's the You can reveal little pieces of information like that, but here's the thing. I don't think the U.S. government knows what these things are. And if they are alien, they would never reveal that. They would never reveal that. Imagine if you knew that your country was vulnerable to a highly technological opponent who can shut down your nuclear weapons and go wherever they wanted at any time and there is no way to catch them. And we believe they're not of this world. The U.S. government would never admit that. They would n- No government would. Because it makes them look helpless. And it would be terrifying. Even if the think tanks, even if the people in the Pentagon, in these secret agencies, believed that, say, 10% of these were from another world, they would never admit that. Because the truth is too terrifying. So disclosure will not happen be- for that reason. Because we don't know what they are, and we will not admit that we have no defense against them. The other reason why I don't think disclosure will happen, this is a nice first step, but I knew that nothing was going to come out of this, right? I knew it wasn't going to be a senator walking in and throwing down a big book, and then he opens it up and it's a holographic book and an alien drops out. Hey guys, I knew that wasn't going to happen, first off, because that's ridiculous, but secondly, either they don't want to admit that they don't know what they are and they may be from another world, or two... 
The secret agencies that run this country would never let this information get out. This was already, just to admit that we've had 400 sightings of things we don't know, this took a ton of effort. And you had secret agencies, the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, all of these other groups, and those are the ones that we know of, right? How many alphabet agencies are out there that we've never heard of? They were fighting against how much information to release because at the end of the day, their vested interest is in keeping secrets secret. If we admit as a country, if we admit that we don't know what these things are, we're basically admitting to our geopolitical enemies that we don't know what they are. And if this, let's say you, let's say this happened. Let's say on August 27th, 2020, there was an unidentified flying object over Nevada. It was caught on film and scrambled the fighter jet. They caught it with their instruments, their radar and things like that. And then at this congressional hearing, you have someone say that is one of the unidentified sightings. We have instrumentation showing that it was there and we have video filmed from a bystander showing it was there, but we don't know what it was. And China knew what it was. This was a piece of Chinese technology that was spying on America. If we admitted that this is one of the 400 things we have no idea what it is, then China knows that their technology is successful. The secret agencies do not want this information out. Not necessarily because they're working with aliens, but because out of these 400 things that they go, we don't know what it is, if 10% of those are Chinese or Russian technology, then they know that they have the upper hand. So both of those reasons are why I don't think disclosure will happen. If disclosure, if these UFOs, if these unidentified aerial phenomenon, whatever you want to classify them as, if they are alien, the United States government, and really no government, would ever admit we don't know what they are and they can violate our airspace at any time. We haven't known what they were since the 1940s. We'll never admit that. And let's say it's not aliens. Let's say it's human. It's really hard for the National Security Agency or the CIA to say, yeah, our airspace is being violated. We don't know what they are. And the enemies who are putting them up there, they know when they are flying these vehicles over the United States, if we keep going, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. Then their technology is successful. So it took a lot of fighting to get this list of these 400 items, a ton of it's redacted, and I can guarantee why it's redacted, because of the reasons of the geopolitical enemies. I think some of them are alien. Some of these UFOs are alien. I think a great deal of them is probably sky clutter. And then another chunk of them are from Russia or from China, or any other geopolitical foe we may have in the world. So it's fascinating. I love the idea of disclosure. I don't think it's ever going to happen in the way that we want it to happen or that there's going to be some sort of breakthrough case that'll prove it. Outside of one of these vehicles being shot down and retrieved, and I, I wouldn't even say that, shot down or crashed in a heavily populated public area, we'll never really know the truth. But again, I think most of them are sky clutter. Some of them are our enemies vehicles and some of them are from another world but it's very very interesting to look at but i i didn't really talk about it leading up to it i kind of knew what it was going to happen and you're like jason maybe just wait for the report to come out so then you could obviously be right because you know it was already out. i knew this was i knew it was going to play out like this i would love to know more about this stuff but i understand why the secret agencies don't tell us this stuff 
And speaking of that, Mina and Murphy, let's go ahead and take a closer look at some of the, I don't want to say dirty tactics or the tricks, but this is so interesting to me. Mina, go ahead and land this Dead Rabbit Dirigible in Washington, D.C. We're walking around. We're in Congress now, and we're going to go find the empty seat. The empty seat in the House of Representatives that was once populated by a young man known as Madison Cawthorn. Now, Madison Cawthorn, again, just a quick just a quick summary on this thing. We covered him on a previous episode. This was so fascinating. This is such a fascinating story. A, a while back, Madison Cawthorn, he is a representative from North Carolina. He's a Republican representative. A while back, like the past couple weeks, he did an interview on a podcast. I'll put the full episode in the show notes, but just a quick summary. He did an, did an interview on a podcast where he told a story about being invited to orgies involving very rich and very old congresspeople. And he says, these are people I looked up to throughout my career. And they're like, hey, you want to come have this orgy with us? And he's like, gross. No, it's super disgusting. I don't know if he actually said that. He's all, ew. And he said this on a podcast. And it caused a huge political storm. Now, it's so interesting. You can say all sorts of weird stuff when you are a politician. And for the most part, how it happens is the opposing party skewers you, tries to get you out, and your political party goes, ah, nah, he's a good kid, he's a good kid. And we believe that too. No matter how radical it is, it takes a lot to get kicked out of your own party. But Madison Cawthorn said, these dudes wanted me to go bang a bunch of people with them, and I wasn't down with that. Caused a huge firestorm in Washington, D.C. And he was being told, recant that. We want you to go on the record and say that that's not true. To the fact that you had other congresspeople saying, oh, he came to me and told me it wasn't true. So I will tell you that he said it wasn't true. And he would come out and be like, no, it is true. Quit trying to put words in my mouth. Since then, you can do all sorts of political sins, right? But you can never turn against your own party, and you definitely can't reveal secrets. Since then, this is all the stuff that's happened to Madison Cawthorn. Shortly after making the allegation that powerful members of his own party were having orgies, there was a photograph of him released wearing women's lingerie. And what's so interesting is I actually, I edited it out of that episode. I took it out, but I actually started to go into the whole idea that J. Edgar Hoover was a cross-dresser, was a rumor that came out, and apparently there was a photo floating around D.C. back when J. Edgar Hoover, the guy who really created the FBI, made it what it is today, that he was a cross-dresser because there was a photo of him in women's lingerie. And the idea was that that was a blackmail photo. Like, it got reported in the media long after he passed away. It got reported in the media and it became a big joke. But the idea was that this photo was taken as blackmail fuel. It's not like he actually was a cross-dresser. Someone made him, the head of the FBI, dress up in lingerie and took a photo of it. So this is the way we're going to keep you in line. And I took that part out of the episode. I edited it for time. And then this photograph of Madison Cawthorn pops up. He's wearing women's lingerie, and it's a photo of him. And he's surrounded, he's flanked by these two young women, and he's wearing like a bra. He's wearing like a, a, a bustier or whatever it is. He released that photograph, and he didn't recant his story. He did not publicly come out and say that I made up the whole orgy thing. That I don't know how they got this. I don't know how they got this. They had the photo of him 
in women's lingerie. Apparently, it was like he was on a cruise or something like this. This was, again, I believe, before he was in the Congress. Then, he didn't recant a story. Then, they, somebody, I mean, we know who it was, right? It was his own party coming after him. There was a video, and I watched the video, right? I know that this is real. It wasn't a deep fake. He admitted that this video was true, as distressing and weird as it is. Madison Cawthorn, there was a video of him completely naked, climbing on top of his male cousin, who's underneath some blankets, and apparently, you can you can usher the kids out of the room for the next 30 seconds, apparently this video shows Madison Cawthorn fully naked, you see that, you see a head peek out from underneath a blanket, then Madison Cawthorn crawls up on top of this dude and rubs his genitals on his male cousin's face. And you hear a woman laughing as she's videotaping this thing. Again, I believe that was before he was a member of the House of Representatives. So you have this guy who originally was a rising star in the Republican Party, gets slammed with the lingerie photo, says, ah, whatever, you know, we're partying, who cares? Then they release the video footage of him naked, climbing on top of his cousin, in Madison rubbing his genitals in his cousin's face. Bizarre stuff, right? And now, he, as of tonight, I'm actually recording this episode on May 17th, he has lost his seat. He was defeated in the election, so he will not be returning to the House in the fall. Absolutely bizarre. Listen, I don't know anything about the guy's politics at all. I was vaguely aware of him before all of this, and then I saw this stuff pop up, so I don't, the voters of North Carolina, that's their district, they decide who to vote for, but you can't deny that the fact that he was saying this stuff, he had this interview on this podcast, the secret groups came after him. You cannot deny that. that This played a part in his getting kicked out of the House of Representatives. Now, again, maybe they didn't like his politics in that district anymore, Who knows? But this played a part as well. How big of a part? We don't know. But I I would assume it would be kind of hard to vote for this guy if you were against, if you were against having genitals rubbed on people's faces. Madison Cawthorn will be a cautionary story for politicians for the next 50 years. Whenever a politician even thinks about stepping out of line, even thinks about it for a moment. The story of Madison Cawthorn, fully documented throughout the media, will be used as leverage against these people who are thinking about speaking out against their own party. You can always speak out against the other party. That's part of the game, right? But he dared to go against his own party, and he dared to reveal secrets. I have no doubt that these old dudes are having orgies. I have no doubt in my mind that every so often they get all the interns together and they take, maybe not all of them, maybe not the nerdy ones, but I'm sure that this happens. It's not shocking to me and anyone who's followed politics at all, politicians are gross. And you know why politicians are gross? Because people are gross. People do gross stuff and politicians are people. And I'm not even judging them if they want to have orgies, right? It's not like, the biggest thing that I hate is hypocrisy. If these guys were anti-orgy, they're trying to make orgies illegal, Orgies for me, but not for thee, then it would be a problem. But if Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell want to rub wrinkles against each other, what do I care? I don't care. 
but he revealed the secret and he got ran out. And this will be a cautionary tale. This is the new version of the J. Edgar Hoover lingerie photo. If you step out of line, we will, we have the dirt. See, they have this dirt on him this whole time. Crazy story. When you go against the machine, the machine grinds your bones to dust. Again, I don't know anything about this guy's politics. He could be super radical, could be a Mitt Romney Republican. I have no idea what spectrum he was on because that doesn't really interest me. What interests me is the blackmail engine that really powers the world, right? Fascinating. Fascinating to look at that. Normally, we don't see this. Normally, the person backs down right away or they don't mention it on a podcast, that goes out. They may mention it to a colleague and someone goes, dude, you got to keep your mouth shut. Don't tell anyone what you just told me. Keep your mouth shut because it will come down to you. He said it on a podcast. It got distributed. We saw him not back down from these allegations and they buried him bit by bit until now. He is unemployed. Bizarre story. Mina and Murphy. Great. <laughs> Why am I on this episode? Why am I on the episode that the CIA is definitely going to investigate everyone involved in? Mina and Murphy, the, the new producers of Dead Rabbit Radio. Get them, officers, not me. Mina, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Washington, D.C. We're headed all the way out to Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. The year is 1974. And it's nighttime. The moon is out, stars twinkling in the sky. And inside a house is a young woman. We don't have her name. We're going to call her Michelle. And she's in this house. She's babysitting. This is the easy part of babysitting, right? The baby's asleep, so she's just sitting in the living room. It's 1974. She's watching television. Probably watching some WKRP in Cincinnati. (laughs) Didn't actually say that in my notes. But one can hope. That was a funny show. She's sitting there, and then all of a sudden, she feels a cold chill envelop her body. This startles her. She didn't expect to have this sensation. Most people don't when they're inside a closed house. And then she becomes overwhelmed with a fear she had not felt just a moment ago. She's sitting there watching Lonnie Anderson fight off the Urquhart. As she's sitting there watching Lonnie Anderson fight off the advances of her male co-workers. She's fearful. <laughs> she's not fearful because Lonnie Anderson might not be able to stop the DJ from kissing her in this episode. She's fearful because... Well, actually, she doesn't know why. She doesn't know why. Maybe <laughs> it is because of WKRP in Cincinnati. She feels this sudden urge to check on the baby. This fear overtakes her and she's like, I gotta check on the baby. So she walks through the house and heads towards the nursery. When she opens the nursery room door, the darkness of the room is lit only by the nightlight plugged into the wall. It lets off a pale glow. But that's just enough to see into the room. And as she walks into the nursery, She sees the crib containing the baby she was sent there to watch. And then she sees some motion next to the crib. In a corner of the room, there was a little man. Michelle looked at this figure and she said he looked to be about the height of a two-year-old. And he was wearing what she described as old world clothing. 
So we had knee-length britches, little suspenders, a vest, and a loose-fitting shirt. She can make out all of these details. She's standing there staring at this odd fellow. And he's dancing in the corner of the room. Dancing to a song only he can hear. But through the pale glow of the nightlight, she clearly sees this small man dancing in the corner near the crib. Michelle walks towards the crib, her eyes transfixed on this stranger. She said he seemed to have long, unkempt hair. He just looked dirty in general. Had a wild beard and a mustache. And he's just dancing away in the corner of the room. Michelle kept her eyes focused on this dude. And she reached into the crib and slowly pulled out the baby. And as she walked out of the room, she walked out backwards, not daring for a single moment to look away from the dancing man. I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I said, she's a mom, and I go, what would you do If you walked into your daughter's bedroom and there was a tiny man, (laughs) what would you do if you walked into your daughter's bedroom and there was a tiny man dancing in the corner? And she responded, oh, I would be absolutely terrified if there was a stranger in my daughter's room. Like that would be your worst nightmare as a parent, right? You go in and check on your kid and there's some somebody in there that's not supposed to be in there you don't know who this dude is and i said yeah but what if he was dancing like would it matter if he was doing like a really slow creepy twin peaks dance or like if he was like doing a jig is one creepier than the other and she said it wouldn't matter whether or not it was a slow dance a slow sensual dance he's doing the one man lambada Or if he was doing Gungam style, it wouldn't matter. He's a stranger in my daughter's bedroom. I'd be furious and terrified at the same time. And I go, but what if, like, would it matter if he was doing, like, an old-fashioned jig or if he was doing that dance from the Ally McBeal baby? (laughs) She's like, I think you're really fixated on what he's dancing, what type of music he's dancing to. It doesn't matter. The fact that there's a stranger in a child's room is what's terrifying. Not the dance, Jason. Don't focus on the dance. But I disagree. I disagree with that mother on how terrifying it would be to have a dancing stranger in your room. And here's why. This is why the story is so spooky. It actually came from, I got it from thingaboutadocs.com. They got it from a book I'm currently reading called Dark Zones by Sharon Jarvis. It's a collection of just weird stories. A collection of nothing but stories about people dancing. Listen, here's what's creepy about this. Sure, a total stranger being in a room with a baby. Yeah, that's unsettling. But if he was dancing, it's ten times worse. Hear me out. I know people are like, well, Jason, what are you talking about? Hear me out. If a goblin does goblin-esque things, let's say that you're walking through the woods and you're apparently on your way to a gingerbread house and a goblin jumped out. 
And the goblin had a little spear and a little like loincloth made of leather. And he's like poking you in the butt and he's trying to get your gold. You would be like, that's what a goblin does as you're running through this path being chased by this goblin. If a goblin does something that's goblin related, it's not as spooky, right? But if that goblin jumped out of the woods and just stood there perfectly still and just stared at you, didn't do anything. <laughs> okay, this is a bad example because it's still a monster in the middle of the woods. Let's forget that. Forget that part. I'm not going to edit out because I'm too lazy. Imagine. Okay, here's a perfect example. If you go to a circus and you see a clown at the circus and he's dancing and he's juggling and he's falling on his butt and he's crawling in and out of a tiny car, you're like, this is super boring. I don't know why anyone likes clowns. You're like, boo, this is boring. Saw yourself in half or something. Get squished by an elephant. But if that, same, if that exact same clown, if you came <laughs> after yelling at him to get squished by an elephant, if you drove home... And you walked into your house and that clown was standing in your garage as your car's pulling in. He's standing there. It's terrifying. Why is it terrifying? Because you don't expect to see a clown in your garage (laughs) unless you have a tiny car. And then you're like, oh, I forgot. I carpool with clowns every day. 50 clowns pour out of your car. When things do stuff, (laughs) we're going to have time to get to the love story one. I'm sorry. We're already, I'm just getting started on this. We'll get to the love story one tomorrow. If something does something that it's related to, so you're in a bank and there's a bank robbery and that guy comes in with a gun and goes, everyone get down, get down. These are all examples because that's terrifying no matter what. What I'm saying is if I walked in, let me go back to the original example. Because obviously I'm not like, well, that bank robbery wasn't so scary because it happened in a church. You're still like on your hands and knees as they're taking the tithe money. You're like, ah, God's going to make me pay more. If you walked, tell me, tell me I'm not off, right? If I imagine this when I was reading the story. I walk into a dark room and if I saw a gnome or just saw a man wearing old-fashioned clothes, a little tiny man wearing old-fashioned clothes in the corner of the room and he wasn't doing anything, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be spooky, right? It would still be scary. But if he was dancing, <laughs> you're like, Jason, no, just end the episode because you're not going to win us over. You guys have to admit If you walked into a room and there was a tiny little guy just standing there, uh, tonight, when you go to bed, when you shut the light off, right when that bulb goes, and you have that last second of light, you see a tiny man standing in the corner of your room, that yes, that is scary. On a scarrow scale, that would be three scarrow lanterns. But imagine if you woke up in the middle of the night and you saw a tiny man. It doesn't even really matter what size he is. He could be normal normal-sized human. If you saw a man dancing in the corner of the room, that's way scarier. That's way scarier. I think it depends on the dance. Again, if he was doing Gungam style, or if he was doing river dance or something like that, he's flossing in the corner. Probably not super scary. But imagine if he was just swaying back and forth and his arms are kind of going over his head. His body's just moving in some sort of weird rhythm. He's really getting into it. He's sweating. He has a baby pacifier in his mouth and glow sticks. That's what woke you up. Was the green and yellow glow sticks? I think it's something creepy about that. I think that I think that it's creepier. I really do think it's creepier when I think it's creepy. I guess my point is it's creepy when goblins and little known people, like a gray dude, if a gray alien was dancing. On a spaceship, you've been abducted. 
You've been abducted. You have a three-foot probe shoved up your butthole. <laughs> You're like, what? This is only four. This is only four scarrow lanterns on the scarrow meter. It's not that bad. <laughs> the aliens start dancing. The aliens start dancing. You're like, ah, no, no, it's even more terrifying. Ah. I guess, but listen, <laughs> I think that it's scarier. I think that it's scarier to see a little man dancing in the corner or a regular-sized man or a great alien or if a demon was dancing. And if I guess it would depend on the dance too, right? But it's creepy. It's creepier than <laughs> standing there. Now, I will say this. I originally had more plan to do I had a whole other segment I was going to give Mina and Murphy a chance to fly the carpenter copter we're going to save that for tomorrow you guys will be back for our Friday episode flying around in the carpenter copter because I want everyone to have a chance in that vehicle I'm just going to wrap this episode up by saying so tonight when you go to bed when you're crawling into bed and you are closing your eyes Think of your worst nightmare. Think of the worst thing that you could ever imagine happening. Now, not something super depressing. You're like losing my loved ones. Nothing like that. Think of the worst boogeyman you could possibly think of. Maybe that is the actual boogeyman. Maybe that's Mr. Boogity from the classic 1980s Disney movie. Maybe that is just your boss. Who's also Mr. Boogity, you work for a monster in the closet. Imagine the person or thing you're the most scared of that doesn't involve any sort of deep-seated trauma. Now, before you go to bed, imagine that thing dancing. In the dark, right? You're not at a nightclub. You didn't ask the boogeyman out to a date. You're like, oh, my greatest fear turned out to be the best romance for me. Now, imagine the worst thing you could possibly imagine. Like, to me, I think, like a, a zombie would probably be, you know, like, if I looked at... I guess that's just a stupid thriller video. Okay, never mind. That was scary, though, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't that thriller video super spooky? Imagine if the zombies were just walking through the neighborhood as Michael Jackson was singing. It was... Okay, whatever. Mina Murphy, you're going to be back for tomorrow's episode so we can get you in the carpenter copter. I hope you guys do my experiment tonight, but do not think of the Michael Jackson classic thriller. Think of the worst thing you can think of, but make a dance, and then you tell me how terrifying your night was. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Bye.